as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, 10-11 The Bible witnesses to the fact that the concept of God's Word is not simply about a book or just wise words or even something simply spoken by God. When we're talking about God's Word, we're talking about something filled with power, almost an active, independent agent. Word with a capital W that goes out of God's mouth has power to do God's will, to transform lives, to transform the world. And in Isaiah, we read that this will be done. God's Word will accomplish its purpose. And if we look, we can see expressions of God's Word, this active agency, this power, all around us, symbolically present in every part of our world. In Isaiah 55, it says that the mountains and hills will burst forth into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. But there's tons of places in the Bible that speak of nature crying out in praise of God. And then, when we gather together to celebrate communion or baptism, we're trained to see God's Word in action through the tangible symbols of bread and wine and water. The Word is the mode of God's self-expression. It sounds mysterious, I know. We're talking about seeing the world through a different lens. But that's part of what it means to be a Christian, to see the world through the eyes of God. The question is how we let these realities truly infiltrate our lives. After Jesus told a parable, he would frequently say, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. If God is so present in the world, in our worship, even in our relationships, why do we have so much trouble seeing and hearing God consistently? Because we need to learn how to hear and see. To allow God's Word to enter into us means that it allows us to inhabit the scriptures, the narrative, the symbology, and find in them the meta-narratives that give power and meaning to our stories, lives, and times, even crazy, difficult times. When we read scripture, we relive what God did in history. And in hearing it again and again, we're drawn into those same stories. They become paradigms that occur for us here and now. We must allow them to speak to our lives in the present. We must allow ourselves to enter in as if they were part of our lives. 
We also need to learn to look for and listen for God's Word in every part of the world. For many, we experience God's Word in nature through smells, the flicker of a candle flame, and through the loving actions of others like parents and grandparents, teachers and friends. And how do we know that these are expressions of the Word? Because for Christians, they point to and witness to Christ's redemptive work in the world both now and to come. Theologian Karl Rahner suggests that all being is intrinsically symbolic. Everything points to something more than itself. So perhaps if we have trouble seeing the Word at work in the world— we should re-examine how well we are really able to see the Word in communion, baptism, prayer, and worship. After all, the same ability and imagination is needed for both. A distinctly Christian imagination is one that views the world and all that is in it as enchanted, haunted by the Holy Spirit and the presence of grace. I really wish that I'd written that, but I didn't. That was written by Andrew Greeley, describing a Catholic imagination. But I would love to suggest this as a formula for what Christian imagination should look like. A distinctly Christian imagination is one that views the world and all that is in it as enchanted, haunted by the Holy Spirit and the presence of grace. This statement sets me free. How incredibly awesome to have those eyes in the world, in this world, in the world of today. We're talking about seeing one thing in terms of another. We're talking about seeing the world in terms of God's Word. Let me give you an example. Um, a couple of days ago, I came across a, a conch shell my family picked up from a desert beach where we lived in Saudi Arabia when I was a child. And as I sat on my floor holding the shell, I placed it to my ear, feeling like that child discovering for the first time that I could hear the ocean in it. For most of us listening to the shell, we hear the ocean even though we know the ocean is not living inside the shell, yet the shell symbolizes more than itself. It represents the ocean. And the shell can also symbolize the complexity of life. When we look at the variety of shapes and patterns on shells and the way that they are created slowly, one layer at a time. For me, it holds even more meaning. When I put my ear to the mouth of the shell, it whispers to me not just of any ocean, but of the Red Sea. It sings to me of happy and adventurous childhood in exotic lands, with a loving family and the innocence of believing that anything is possible. It reminds me of walking on stretches of beach with no one for hundreds of miles in any direction except perhaps a shepherd or a few Bedouin on camels appearing and then disappearing into the horizon. 
and it takes me back to the imagination of my childhood, where I could pretend I was right where Moses had walked, and the whole world of the Bible was as real and present as traffic and politics is to me now in D.C. Just like the physical layers of the shell, there are layers of symbol and meaning far beyond the thing itself, because I see it in terms of my childhood and my faith. Robert Weber wrote, God's incarnate narrative in flesh means that the immaterial, invisible realities of the spiritual world can be communicated in this visible, tangible world. It means God is no distant deity out of touch with the earthly sphere of life, but one who is made known in the beauty of nature and expressed in music and the arts. Learning to listen and to see takes discipleship, takes quiet, takes learning and knowing ourselves. It takes humility. May this time be a time of cultivating the imagination to see God's Word active and present in many diverse and even unusual ways.